Hi and welcome to a Better World at Vue podcast. I am your host Marieke Teunissen and in this five-part series I explore the latest projects on sustainability at VU Amsterdam. This podcast series is part of a Better World at VU project, which was launched in the summer of 2021. The main goal is to show projects that contribute to a more sustainable world, both near and far from VU Amsterdam. Projects that inspire, inform and motivate others that provoke thought and actions, projects that make a real difference. I've spoken to students and scholars who are shaping a sustainable future for you and me today. Episode 3, Science Without Animal Testing. In this episode, I talked to Beatrice Guastella, a 25-year-old Italian. She just finished her master's on bioinformatics and system biology here at VU Amsterdam. Now she's working as a junior researcher on predictive pharmacology and she dreams of a world without animal testing. To reach that goal, she's busy implementing a three-dimensional mathematical model that represents a rat brain. Stay tuned to find out more. So welcome Beatrice. Hello. Uh, hi. Uh, to start off, we're now looking at a well computer screen that shows these red and blue cubes with many different numbers, letters, arrows pointing in every po- possible direction you could think of. I have absolutely no idea what I'm looking at. <laughs> But you can make something of this, right? Yes. So um, this is the model that I'm currently, like one of the versions uh, of the model I'm currently working on. And it's supposed to represent, it's supposed to model um, the brain tissue of a rat, in particular in these experiments. Um, So what you see, the red and blue parts, uh, well, the the coloring has been chosen to like give more of an idea of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, The red rectangles, they represent um, capillaries in the brain. So you have uh, to imagine that uh, our brain, uh, as all the other parts of our organism, needs blood because blood transports all that is needed to to cells or to all the components of tissues to work so in the in these uh, little in this little cube we have uh, a lot of uh, of brain mm. uh, that are modeled uh, and then the blue part is what is called the ecf the extracellular fluid which is um one of the components of, of tissues that then contain cells in tissues. Uh, but this is, uh, this is the parts of, of the model for now. And uh, this is supposed to represent a very small part of, uh, of a rat brain. These red, red and blue cubes are supposed to replace rats. Yes. Uh, well, of course, not the whole of, of rats as you like. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very small part of the, of the rat brain tissue, mm. but Um, using the model, like other parts of the model that are not shown graphically, but Mm -hmm. are there mathematically, so with some equations, uh, it is possible to uh, use this model to represent uh, what happens to molecules where when you... uh, administer them to to a rat and in particular what happens in the in the brain tissue which is what we are mostly interested in so uh, this could be an alternative for animal testing right um so uh, let's go a step back why do we do animal testing right now in the first place yes so um we uh, use animal testing because unfortunately in science 
uh, and in uh, in pharmacological research in particular, it is not still possible to replace animal testing. So animal testing is a fundamental step of drug development and drug research. Um, you have to imagine that uh, designing and trying out a new <laughs> drug, inventing uh, a new drug is not uh, as easy as one could could think because um, of course we want the drug to have a certain effect right so um, for instance if we are designing a drug for for cancer then like we want to cure cancer let's put it like very generally mm, yeah <laughs> um, uh, we like the first thing that we want to try is that is like is this molecule actually able to stop cancer to grow or like to kill cancer cells and that can be very easily done by just cultivating cancer cells in lab like we have petri dishes so small uh, plastic dishes where you can like make your cells grow your cancer cell growth and then you try out different drugs so you literally like mm. feed the cells with a, a drug or more drugs that you want to try out and you see whether that drug is working or not but in uh, in the like human the human organism and also animal organisms in general are of course way more complex than that and a cancer like the cancer growth could be in different tissues so for instance breast cancer um is like in, in breast so you have a lot of steps in between giving the drug to the patient with cancer and the drug actually arriving to the cancer growth in the breast and having an action. There's so many steps in between, like for instance, if you administer a pill, the pill goes to the stomach and then it goes to intestine and it's absorbed, goes the blood uh, brings the drug to the liver and then it goes all around the organism and then finally it arrives yeah. uh, through blood circulation at the cancer. So you have like, um, it's, uh, animals are used because of course we cannot try out drugs directly on patients um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not ethical no, that's um, not. so we are using animals and in particular mammals small small mammals uh, to understand how much of the drug will arrive yeah. will arrive in a certain mm. tissue whether it has side effects because that's another thing of like course, if it goes yeah, yeah, to yeah. other tissues then what happens, what happens to those there? Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so Unfortunately, right now, this is the best we can do mm. to make drugs ethical yeah. for humans. For humans. For yeah, humans, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. No, with <laughs> emphasis on that, because it's exactly. not very ethical for, for exactly. animals, of course. So I'm, not, I'm sure you're not the first one uh, that is well, looking for alternatives. What alternatives are already being used in science? Can you give me some examples? Um, yes. So... Um, for, so what I'm what I'm working on the model I'm working on is in the field of um, pharmacokinetic studies and pharmacokinetic modeling. So that's mm -hmm. something. So using mathematics to really model um, what happens to a drug when it enters the organism. Mm -hmm. That's something that have uh, that pharmacologists have been working on for a very very long yeah. time. Uh, that's for sure something that ha that has been done. Mm -hmm. um, but there are m way like there are many other ways in which uh, technologies, new technologies, have been used uh, and are being used uh, to try to um, to reduce animal testing. So, um, for instance, a very a major breakthrough uh, in, in, in science, in biomolecular sciences, um, and consequently also probably in pharmacology, is uh, a new 
a new tool, a new software that have been developed that is called AlphaFold. Mm. And AlphaFold is able to do something that uh, researchers uh, have been trying to do for a very long time, um, which is predicting a protein structure. So proteins are uh, micromolecules in our body that are essential because they do everything. Like we could not, life could not absolutely exist without Without proteins. Um, And uh, for some proteins, we... And knowing about their structure is very important to know what they do. Um, and um, and yeah, so for some proteins, we have some experimental methods to take a three-dimensional picture of that. Let's put it like that. It's yeah. called crystallography. Um, and in that, and so for some protein, it works, but other proteins are <laughs> very shy mm. <laughs> and they do not like do not like the experimental procedures. And so it's very hard to crystallize them. So you can uh, try uh, with uh, different computational methods to predict their structure from their amino acid sequence. So proteins are like long chains of amino acids mm. that then fold onto themselves. And that's what makes a protein. Um, so scientists and researchers have been trying to do this for a long time. Mm. And it's extremely hard. There's like yeah. an yearly competition on who Ooh, is the best yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to predict. <laughs> it's like a prestige uh, yes. uh, thing. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yes. And this new AlphaFold tool is um, artificial intelligence tool. Mm, of and course, yeah. uh, and it, was, it was developed, I think, no more than three years ago. And now there's a new version that was released last summer in July, I believe. And um, it it managed to predict uh, certain proteins, certain protein structures with uh, incredible precision. Yeah. So these prote- protein structures are very important. And as you were already saying, um, uh, scientists have been looking for, al- for alternatives uh, for a very long time. Uh, and uh, there are already existing mathematical models, right? So how does um, the model that you're implementing right now contribute to these already existing uh, alternatives, these already existing models? There are uh, already many uh, existing mathematical models, uh, and some of them are um, well. The, my my group in Leiden have been has been working on them um, for for a very long time. Uh, I'm currently working with the predictive pharmacology group uh, at the Leiden Academic Center for Drug Research in Leiden, and uh, my supervisor and the PI of the group is uh, Lisbeth de Lange. Uh, and uh, yeah, they've been working on. Um, pharmacokinetics model of the brain in particular. Um, But what these models are essentially lacking is the uh, third spatial dimension. So we are in these models, we are describing different parts of the brain, just as um, some flat areas of the brain. So the the capillaries where the blood is flowing to bring oxygen and different substances to the brain. And then we have uh, the extracellular fluid, cerebrospinal fluid, the cells, we have all these different parts. But of course, like if you think of the brain, it's three dimensional. Yeah, of course, so yeah. we have the, the capillaries, for instance, that uh, are branching inside the brain and that bring, uh, bring oxygen and metabolites to different parts of the brain. And all of these is in three dimensions. Mm. So the drug concentration, so how much of a drug is in a certain compartment, uh, does not depend on the compartment itself, but also which part of the compartment in space. Mm-hmm. So it could change, and that, of course, changes the effect of, of the, the drug. drug. Yeah, yeah. Or even whether the drug has an effect or not. Yeah. Right? So, so, so what is the, the, the greatest benefit of this third dimension? 
Yeah, the, the greatest benefit is um, being able to, um, is the third dimension itself. Yeah. So it's a more, it's a closer representation of the brain to what what is reality, yeah. which is a three-dimensional di- reality. Um, and also um, varying different parameters of the model is we are able to uh, model different conditions uh, of the brain, not only the physiological brain, so how brain the brain is normally functioning, like fully like that, but also brain in different uh, disease states. Yeah for instance, uh, and that's uh, extremely important in, uh, in, in, so in science and in pharmacological studies. It paints a more complete picture. Yes. Can you say yes. that? Yeah. Yes. So uh, are you focusing on any particular diseases with your, with your model? Uh, yeah, so at the, mo- at the moment we are, um, in, in my project, we are focusing on modeling um, Parkinson's disease condition. So Parkinson's disease um, is a um, condition that affects the motor abilities of a, of a person. Uh, and it's mainly due, it is known that it's mainly due to the loss of some neurons in the brain that are the dopaminergic neurons in uh, certain areas. Um, so, and so we are we want to uh, with with this model we want to reproduce these conditions in the brain uh, and in particular then we also want to see whether these conditions affect the distribution of levodopa in the brain levodopa is a drug that is considered the golden star treatment for parkinson's disease it's been um, developed oh, wow. yes but uh, the interesting thing is that we know that it works and it works very well but it doesn't always work uh, and it also has side some side effects so even though it's been used for such a long time we still don't know with precision how it works so you we know, know the that main it works but not exactly how yeah it works. i mean we know the main mechanisms mm. but there could be many other molecular mechanisms um that we are still not aware of and mm. that still need investigation and that could explain some effects of levodopa that mm. we still cannot explain with the current knowledge. Mm. Okay, so so why is it so important that you can also show how it works because of the side effects you were talking about? Or um, well, because yeah, because levodopa uh, levodopa works very well, but for instance, if it's um, if it's administered to patients for a long time, then it stops working, mm. or it gives uh, it gives more motor motor symptoms, or for instance, Parkinson's disease, the motor symptoms, so like shaking, not being mm-hmm. able to keep your posture. Um, they are the main and most visible um, symptoms, but then some uh, patients also develop dementia mm. later on or even other psychiatric uh, diseases, mm-hmm. traits. And we still don't know whether levodopa is effecting on that or maybe mm. even if it if it could exacerbate some of these conditions. Yeah. So it's a very complex condition. And we know that levodopa is very very it does very very well at counteracting some of the symptoms and the main symptoms but there is much much more than that we still don't know so this could be um like a new episode in the treatment of parkinson disease well i think that is um postulating a lot (laughs) (laughs) and it would be very like let's let's say that it would be too much to say that um also because uh, uh in this project in particular, we're focusing on Parkinson's disease and levodopa, but this model also um, w- would potentially have um, 
further applications for other pathologies mm. and drugs. Um, so I'm sure um, that it will help give more insights, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say that mm. I'm I'm saving the world and solving the problem of Parkinson's disease. <laughs> but that's how research works. Like in the narration of science, we are told a lot that uh, about the myth of the genius you know like if i tell you albert einstein you're like oh my god yes the genius yeah that's true of course there are some um, great researchers that gave great contribution but science is not just one person mm. have like a fabulous idea that turns the world around uh it's really the work of so, so many, many people, people. Yeah. all around the world doing their little what looks like a little minuscule mm. small uh, step, but very important. But all together, like we 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 contribute to it. Yeah. So yes, I'm not solving Parkinson's <laughs> disease, but um, uh, we we really want to give our contribution. Yeah. Well, that's that's very modest of you. Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> um, so when are you happy? When are you satisfied regarding this project? Um, well, there's a very practical answer to this mm. question uh, because we have a goal in this in this project and right now I cannot talk explicitly about what mm. it is but the general uh, the general procedure that is followed when one chooses mathematical model as mm -hmm. um, um, as a tool to solve a problem is like okay we have wonderful equations they work so nicely they look so beautiful but do they agree with experimental data mm -hmm. so if I do the same experiments in an animal because that's the point. If we do the same experiment yeah. in an animal and we measure this and this and that, um, and then we do it with our model and the model agrees with those data, then it means that our model is saying something, yeah. is giving a correct description of that system. And that's exactly what we are doing right now. But I cannot give details. <laughs> <laughs> so a future without animal testing, is that possible, you think? Um, a future, yes. When? <laughs> I don't you know, don't know yet. <laughs> but I know that there's like what is encouraging, encouraging is really seeing many, many, as you said before, many researchers um, being uh, more aware of the fact that there are alternative methods and that we can, if we put our efforts uh, in, in there, we can uh, develop new tools that will replace um, animal testing. Um, it just, we just need time and more brains and more people <laughs> to work on it yes so let's strive for that future right yes. without animal testing <laughs> thank you so much thank you that was it for today i hope you've enjoyed listening a better world at vue podcast is hosted by me marieke teunissen editing was by stefan kollaert of the podcast fabriek and of course a special thanks to our guests of today don't forget to check out the link in the show notes for more information about a better world at vue Thank you for listening.